the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Come gather around people wherever you roam And admit that the waters around you have grown okay, And accept it that soon you'll that I'm starting with this show, to this song today Is that history never changes It always repeats itself Because you know why? Because we never learn We never learn I'm just telling you, I remember in uh, in 67 when America was burning. I was, uh, what was I? I was a freshman in high school. And I remember that. I remember 68. And I'm going to talk about 68 in just a minute. The folks from Trav's here today. And we're going to be talking with them about uh, how, I want to talk, I, I, I set up, I called Lance. I said, Lance, send somebody over here. We've got to get somebody on here. We've got to talk baseball. If we're not going to have baseball, let's at least spend one hour during the summer talking about it. We've got to we've got to talk about it, and he said, "Yeah, we can get that all right." And I know the guys that want to come over and and talk with you, and so I got it all I got it all set up for Rusty to come in today, and he he made it over, and we've disinfected his mic and everything, so he doesn't have to worry and put on a mask and whatnot. But sports can heal things that are happening in America, and I think that's this is one of the problems we got right now in our country we don't have anything to take our minds off of what's going on at all now i'm not saying we should forget about what happened don't don't misunderstand me we need to remember what's happening and what has happened in minnesota we need to remember what happened now if you've seen the video uh, heidi have you seen the video of atlanta georgia the six cops there where they they busted out the, the windows of the people's car and those kids. You know that one kid that they pulled out through the window? They fractured his arm. They fractured his arm, and it was crazy that that happened. Nobody's really talking about it. You want to know why? Because the police officers were black. Because Atlanta's police department is, 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 is very diverse, very diverse. They can be very proud of that. But I'm just telling you, there's bad apples in everything, and there's bad apples of every color out there. And uh, got to get got things under control. I, I wish I could, could make some shirts because everybody says, uh, I can't breathe. I want to have a shirt that says, take a breath. Take a breath. You know, get things right in your head about this. Uh, I'm trying to get... Th- Iverson Jackson set up for tomorrow. I haven't heard back from him. If he if he comes on, I want him to spend two hours. And we're going to talk about race, and we're going to talk about it straight on. No other way to do it on the Dave Ellswick Show, to be honest. But I got Rusty here. I want to talk a little bit about baseball because I'm really disappointed that baseball hasn't been able to figure out what they're going to do yet. Rusty, I know you're, you know, because you work for the, you know, in Major League Baseball, you can't be as open about this as I can be and, and state how you really feel, but yeah, you can give us some insight onto this. 
What's holding this whole process up? Is it is it all about money? I think that a big majority of it is about money for sure. I also think, you know, something unique with baseball that I think we have to remember that's different than the NBA and say the NHL is the NBA and the NHL are already in the middle of their seasons. Right. So I think when you're starting a season, I do think that, you know, throws some more wrenches in it, I think. So I think it's a mixture of that. But but I do believe it is mostly about money, and that's what every you know all the writers or sports writers ESPN's talking about the money. The owners don't want to give this, players don't want to give up this, you know. And I know that they've got that plan in place of the prorated possibly fifty game season. They would prorate their full salaries fifty percent. Yeah, fifty percent. But I'm I'm just hoping that they figure it out, um, you know, and that we can get baseball going back again. And I know they want to be the first sport back, but they're going to have to. This is a this is a critical week for baseball. Yeah, I agree. I've been waiting to see somebody make a statement about what they're going to do, and I've not seen anything. I don't know if they're having meetings and they're just really behind closed doors, behind closed doors, behind closed doors, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what I think is probably going on, but I'm hoping that they get an answer by Friday. I mean, that's what we're we're hoping for as well, because as soon as they get an answer, then we'll know about our season. You know, I mean, we're still hopeful for our season, but the longer longer this goes, it's going to be more tough. And just with minor leaguers, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I understand that, you know, of of not having a season. They would just do it at their spring training facilities. So I got a question for you. As far as the minor leagues are concerned, uh, people might not be aware that Major League Baseball going into this year, even before COVID-19 raised its ugly head, was going to make some drastic changes to minor league baseball. Why don't you bring everybody up to date on that? First of all, let me just say, Travs are safe. Travs are safe. Travs, <laughs> Travs are safe. We have an absolutely fantastic relationship with the Seattle Mariners, and we're, we're good to go. But Major League Baseball is wanting to sh- uh, cut 42 minor league baseball teams. Explain why. People need to understand the logistics and the finances of all this. Yeah, so I mean, it's you know, it's different for teams, but they will save a a, a lot of money. Um, the major league teams will if they cut these teams. Is is their big reasoning for doing this? Because they would cut. Uh, it's not exactly sure who yet, but let's just say, um, for example, the low A and say rookie ball. Um, you know, or, or both single A clubs or something like that. They would save millions and millions of dollars by doing that on travel on paying players. They may have a small squad at their spring training facilities instead of putting them at these facilities. And then a big part of this deal is just to get nicer facilities for these players that are coming in. That's one reason that we're safe. We have one of the best facilities in minor league baseball. The whole Texas League has the nicest facilities, in my opinion, uh, along with the AAA clubs. So that's the big reason why they're wanting to do this. And the PBA agreement, the agreement between minor league baseball and major league baseball, ends this year. We've been in talks about it. Of course, the COVID thing kind of put it on the – back burner but there has there was a conversation about three weeks ago uh between major league baseball and minor league baseball and and the way it sounds like in the articles you know it's just we don't really know what's going to for sure happen you know if they're going to come to another agreement or not or if major league baseball is just going to say here's here's what's going to happen type thing so we're, we're kind of just waiting on, on all this as well and, and hopefully we'll get a decision it that ends at the end of september so hopefully we'll have some before then so if you're a, a minor league ball player right now and you're hoping, I mean, your your lifetime dream has always been to play in the big leagues. How does this affect those guys? It, I mean, it, you're missing a whole year of baseball, so it affects them big time. I mean, as far as, you know, that goes. I mean, they're having to do... Now, I will say it, it's great with some teams. They're paying some of these guys, you know, through 
you know, June or July or even August, and you see some players like David Price the other day came out. He has not played a single game for the Dodgers yet, and he is said he's going to pay the minor league baseball guys their salaries. I mean, or I, I can't remember the amount, but it was a certain amount of month. You're going to get some month. money, yeah. Okay. So it's great that those guys are doing that. Is Mookie um, going to do that? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if you're Mookie, you're in a pretty good situation good right now. You're in a good spot. But, but those guys, they have to stay... You know, as soon as they sent them home from spring training, they required those guys to go home. So they're having to do all their workouts at home. And I know some of our guys and some guys in the Mariners, you know, they have a hard time finding batting cages. They have a hard time, you know, finding stuff just to stay in everyday shape sure. that people just don't always think about. So they're, they're having to get clever on, on how to do that. And, and because if they come with a decision, I mean, they're within two or three weeks, you're going to be playing professional baseball. I yeah. mean, like games that matter. The spring training will happen as soon as they, a couple of days after they announce that something's going on, and then they're they're going to be playing real games. So they're having to stay in shape. Yeah, I'm just saying that uh, baseball is different than a lot of sports. I think a couple of weeks and you can get yourself play play ready, you know, absolutely. without any problem. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you don't have to worry about, uh, well, I don't want to pull a groin muscle, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. That's Lester because he don't like to run sprints. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right, let's take a break. Rusty's here from the Trabs. We're going to keep him on for the hour. You ready to do an hour? Love it. All right, we're going to talk baseball. And I'm going to – I started the show off by saying sports help our country heal. I'll take you back to 1968 and prove that to you here on the Dave Ellswick Show in just a few minutes. Now, let me warn. I, I got to tell – cardinal fans here all right look i'm gonna bring back really bad memories for you i really really in i'm gonna bring bad memories from 68 but hang in there uh, you got a bright future as you always do we'll take a break we'll be back with more with the dave ellswick show all right rusty's here from the Trabs. if you got questions he'll take them 8230965 8230965 and uh they're in the same position we are. They're waiting to see what Major League Baseball is going to do. Uh, they hear the same rumors we hear. You know, they're sitting and, and waiting. They're waiting. The, the parent club's talking to them and saying, here's where we're at right now. If you got the athletic like I do, you know where the negotiations are right now. They've been doing a great job. I think they make ESPN's website look really bad. They got some good, good writers uh, on the on the uh, athletic. I I I actually paid the money to subscribe to it because I love I love baseball number one, but I love sports and they they really have good information out there. They're good good stuff. They have a great story. If you haven't read it yet, if you're a baseball fan, you should. If you can get it, uh, they had a great uh, interview with Tom Rickett, the owner of the Chicago Cubs. And he dispels some myths about Major League Baseball people really need to dispel, like, you know, that the owners are rolling in money. You know, they're not covered in honey, and they're rolling money so it sticks to them and stuff. It's just not that way. There's a lot of money being made. There's no doubt there's a lot of money out of there. But the owners take a lot of that money, and they they reinvest it into their club. I mean, look at the Cubs, man. They re they completely re did re- renovate it, Wrigley Field. Wrigley Field was falling down, falling apart. And and they, I forget how many millions of dollars they spent there. Uh, and they did it in a wonderful way. You go to Wrigley Field and they got those big, big, you know, video boards. And they feel like they belong there. 
It doesn't feel like it just stuck them out there, you know. And uh, and it looks great. And uh, you go there, and then and you don't have to pay nineteen dollars for a beer. You don't have to do that. All around, they got all kinds of new restaurants all around. You know, in Wrigleyville, it's it's a great place to go now. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, but everybody wants to know about the Travs. So, as far as the Travs go, Rusty, uh, I'll let you pick up the dice and say, you know. What do you got to shoot to be able to get Travis baseball this year? Oh, gosh. I think quick decision for Major League Baseball and then, you know, and just this week. Yeah, this week, I think, you know, or and that's what all the experts have been saying as well this whole time that this week was going to be the biggest week. You know, this is the week. If you don't get something done this week, it's going to be interesting to see, Almost what, impossible. see what happens. Yeah, I mean, that's just what they're saying. And so hopefully they can get something done this week and they'll. Send some guys our way. We're hopeful, um, you know. But it's each day that goes goes by, and the more that they're talking about it, it just seems to get more real. And we're just having to prepare that if, in the realities, we we may not have a season, um, and just what that looks like for us. And uh, you know, we we would be okay for this season for sure. And we've, um, I mean, we're going to be fine, and we'll we'll come up with some other things to do at the ballpark if we don't play baseball. We're already working on it. Our staff is. You know, we're minor league baseball, so we're coming up with all kinds of crazy stuff to do and different events to do at the ballpark. Uh, once we can do this and find out that we don't have a season, we can still do some of the promotions we've already you know talked about, fireworks and things like that. So we'll get clever. All right. If I keep saying just Rusty because I assume you know it's Rusty Meeks, all right? He's the assistant general manager. He's been on the show several times. Oh, yeah. And we're... We're going to have him on more often. We got to work that out. There's some things you want to do with minor league teams that they do with major league teams, but it makes it difficult on the minor league side because there's different rules mm-hmm. that you got to abide by. And Lance and I have uh, Lance's uh, public uh, relations guy, director of marketing. Yeah, and uh, you know it's uh, it's difficult for I got he's got to be going nuts right now. Yeah, yeah, getting lots of questions. Because people are asking him. He does him. a great job for us. He's amazing. They're asking him questions, yes, aren't they? Yes, His phone rings all yes, the time. I'm yes. sure they do. Well, and it's just tough because we just we don't we really don't know anything. Yeah, you, know? you don't we have just, an answer. We don't have an answer. Yeah, you know, we, we like you said, we read the same thing. You know, you guys do, and we talk to the Mariners. But but also the thing is, they don't know anything yet either. You yeah. know, at the big league clubs, well, so you got to wait for the you got to wait for the uh, the union correct. to tell them what they're going to do. One of the big banes of my existence is when baseball was unionized. You know, <laughs> damn you, Kirk Flood. Anyway, what can I say? <laughs> Everybody, still, people, still real baseball there. fans yeah. know yes. why I'm cursing <laughs> Kirk Flood. All right, but anyway, <laughs> and that goes back several years. Anyway, the bottom line goes like this. I'm understanding that the fight right now is interesting because it's going to reflect on maybe two years down the road when the new collective bargaining agreement has to be hammered out. Mm-hmm. And the players don't want to give up anything. And the owners don't really want to give up anything for the simple reason that you don't want to set a precedent just before you start the real negotiations. Yeah, correct. No, you're absolutely correct. I mean, it'll be really interesting to see how all that – there's so much going on in baseball, and this is a fan of me. I love baseball, pure, you know, purist or whatever you want to call it. And there's so much going on right now for our game. 
I mean, just with decisions with this year and the collective bargaining agreement and then the minor league, major league, PBA agreement. I mean, there's just so many big decisions going on. Um, and you got to get by that before you can ever make the decisions of, are we going to have a designated hitter correct. in the National League and American oh, yeah, League? And rule, I mean, there's all kinds the of crazy changes stuff. And speeding up the game and all that, I get that. But yeah, you're right. I think that, I mean, that definitely takes a backseat to, to this. You know, get this done first and then we can work on that. Because I'm watching what the owners and the players are doing right now, and it looks like if they do do the shortened season, uh, there's going to be some of that new stuff mixed in here on a mm-hmm. shortened season so mm-hmm. they can try it out and see how it works. Yep. You know, I mean, there was already some changes coming as far as, you know, relief pitchers and all of that that was mm-hmm. going to be kind of interesting. I was kind of interested to see how it worked out. I'm I'm a little bit more of a purist, so... You know, you American leaguers can keep your designated hitter. We want to leave that alone in the National League, but I think it's just a matter of time before it shows up in the National League. Yeah, I think it could be across the board. You know, and they were shortening the rosters this year. I mean, expanding them a little bit, but not doing the 40-man rosters anymore towards the end of the season and things like that. But I know they're going to expand them if they do this. They'll have to. So do you think that it's a matter of you got to have a game where you score a lot of runs? To keep the fans happy. I was a pitcher, so I love. Well, you and I, yeah, so, so we, I was, we understand I love, this. I love a zero-zero in the ninth inning type yeah. thing. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, I I get it. You know why they're wanting to to do that, and I know fans want excitement and all that, and most runs. And I, I like a good mix of it. I guess you know I love. I I'm a pitcher, so I love seeing that, and I love watching it when you really and you know there's so much that goes into baseball. Oh yeah, when you're sitting there watching, I mean, every single guy is doing something chess, different. Chess match, it's a chess there. match, and just watching the relationship between the pitcher and the catcher, I think, is one of the most fascinating relationships in all sports. And and I love that, and I love watching that. So that's what I like. But I, you know, I know people love seeing the home runs, and those are fun too. It's oh, hard yeah. in Dickie Stevens Park. You don't see a lot of home runs no. in our ballpark. <laughs> No. I will say that. And if Korean baseball was playing here, you would see none. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> they were I've been watching. playing with a, a dead ball now. <laughs> Boy, yesterday, I was watching a game yesterday. I don't know what the guy's name was. couldn't pronounce it if I did. Uh, he crushed one. I mean, oh, my Lord, he crushed one. And uh, when you see one of those go out, you know he crushed it because it's, it's not like an American League baseball, mm-hmm. the way they jump. Mm-hmm. But uh, did you – have you been watching any KBO? I have, yeah. I've been okay. watching some. I mean, not as not every single night, but I, yeah, I've definitely been watching some. I got to get some baseball in. Well, here's the thing that I thought was really weird: the baseball is different mm-hmm. at every field. Did you hear? I mean, the, each team yeah, has their own baseball. Yeah, I heard that. yeah. Very, that is very different. That is so weird. <laughs> it's very weird. I mean, and they, and, and they were talking. I forget which player it was that you know it's one of the American players that. And that's the big deal over there is getting a great American player to come in and play with your team. And we'll pay you a million dollars, you know. Anyway, (laughs) uh, they say that the ball there is kind of sticky. It's kind of tacky. Yeah. If you watch them, they don't go to the rosin bag very often. Huh. They don't need it. And over here... They start finding sticky. They're going to start thinking you got pine tar hidden on you somewhere. <laughs> what are you? Yeah, get what, in trouble for getting that. Your spin, getting your spin rate up, yes. you know? So it's kind of interesting, the differences. But, uh, yeah, KBO is fun to watch because there's nothing else to watch. But it's it's on par with double A mostly. 
maybe a little under mm-hmm. as far as fielding goes. Hitting, they're pretty good. Yeah, but just the fielding. Yeah, fielding's not a not as and they're not as fast. It's very obvious. Uh, you know, when they're out in the outfield, they got a couple of players that can really scoot around the base paths, mm-hmm. but most of them are not real, real fast. Have you noticed that? I mean, be honest. Yeah, you know, I mean, watching yeah, them, they look like they got their feet in cement. Yeah, but I mean, also, you know, or at least what I said, I, just, I have never really watched them before, so I don't know, you know, what that it looks like. Well, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of comparing them sure. to to the major league game. Makes you really appreciate. Yeah, what we have over here. Yeah, the mm-hmm. American League game and how far ahead we are uh, as far as that. I mean, we're far ahead of Japan. I don't care what anybody says. Japan plays a different form of baseball than what we do here in America. All right, Rusty Meek's going to be back with us in the next half hour talking baseball here on the Dave Ellswick Show. But right now, here's your news. 25 minutes till 7 o'clock. Uh, it's a Wednesday. It's hump day, middle of the weekday, over to Hill Day. Coming up in the 7 o'clock hour, uh, Congressman French Hill will join us at 7.05. And uh, at 7.35, Congressman Bruce Westerman uh, from 4th District will be on with us. They don't have nobody. They don't have nothing to talk about. There ain't nothing happening uh, out there that we want to hear him talk about. But I thought we should have him on, you know, just as a courtesy. I'm just kidding. I hope you know that. And uh, in the final hour, Duck will be here uh, from, uh, you know, Joe and Duck. They are on every Wednesday. Today, Joe will be out. He's having some minor surgery. And so he'll be out for the week. And then, you know, he's, he'll be back. He's going on injured reserve. He'll be back. So we'll, we'll look forward to that. But that's what's coming up. But right now, we're talking the greatest sport that was ever created, baseball. We're talking about baseball right now. And and where is it? Where you know? Are we going to see a a major league season? I'm I'm really a, I'm probably the most negative person to talk to about minor league baseball because I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, as much problem as they're having trying to get the major league teams going, I can only imagine how tough it's going to be for minor league. It'll be tough. It'll be very very tough. There's but, no doubt about that. But major league or minor league baseball is not going anywhere, especially. In Little Rock, yeah, it's, and that's why I got Rusty Meeks on. With yeah, me we're today. we're not going anywhere. We'll be here, and we're excited to, you know, if we don't play this year, we'll be ready for 2021. I mean, we're not going anywhere. We've got a tremendous facility, tremendous stadium. Uh, the whole Texas League does, um, and, and most minor league, even even with the shrinkage of the of Major League Baseball, minor league baseball, which you know it that that's will, that, coming. that will happen. That yeah. will happen. Yeah, um, that's a definite. You know, there there will be 42 teams that will that will be cut more than likely. Wow, that's uh, but, just amazing. I know it's 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 a lot of my friends that that work in those those teams, and um, you know, and it's uh, it's just hard to hard to wrap our heads around right now. So we'll we'll certainly see what happens, but uh, but we'll be okay. You know, I mean, we've got like I said earlier, we've got an absolutely amazing relationship with the Mariners. They love us, and uh, and, and we're gonna be okay. All right. Did that take the sun out of your eyes? Yeah, we're good. Okay, Heidi's a great Thanks. producer. I. <laughs> uh, I guess I looked back and I could see the sun was coming up and it was blazing into your eyeballs from where we're sitting right here into the studio. And uh, I, I thought, well, next break I'll get up and I'll lower the, the shade there. And I, I look up and the door opens and there's Heidi and she goes over and she, she lowered it. She's it's very perfect. proactive. Very, that was Does great. a great job. Does a really good job. Lance, you'd really like her. I'm just telling you. You don't have to tell her anything. She just does it. It's like, I don't know, we're we're already on kind of a, we've been working together, what, now, t- about 10, 11 weeks? Yeah. 
And this week, I started doing the show in the studio. First time she ever really laid eyes on me, except that she came in when she got hired. She they, they marched her past the door, and and they and they go, uh, "This Heidi, we're talking to her about being your producer." Okay, nice. Okay, hi Heidi, how are you? Hi Dave, nice to meet you. Okay, we'll talk about you know you get hired. We'll talk about the show. And the next thing I knew, I was being told by my doctor I needed to stay home, and this, and the uh, Salem Communications said you got to stay home. So I've been doing my show from my dining room. Yeah, you know. And uh, so anyway. Uh, we got that all taken care of. Now I'm back in the studio. It's good to see everybody. It's like it's like uh, old friends' day all of a sudden. You know, <laughs> people are coming in and sitting down with you in the studio. That's talking that's really baseball. good. Well, yeah, and talking baseball. <laughs> Come on, that's even better. So, you think by the end of this week we'll have a better handle on what's going sure on? Hope so that's what it. You know, that's what all the experts you know are saying on ESPN and Baseball America. So I need, that, yeah, so. I need to have you on again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. or, I mean, I, mean, I got to have you on next week then. Huh? You know, I, I know. You know, the owner sent the original proposal. Players didn't like it. Players sent one back. Not sure the owners loved it. And you knew that was going to happen. Well, see, but but yeah, when both sides don't like things about it, then you know you got a good yeah. agreement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so you know they're, they're working the details out on that. So you know, hopefully we'll we'll have something very very soon. But we'll uh, we'll see. We we miss it. I mean, we miss seeing the families, the fans. I mean, we have such a tremendous fan base in Little Rock, Arkansas, for baseball that that, that I people people truly believe here and they truly understand that they're going to see the Mike Trout. They're getting to see the next Mike Trout. They're getting to see those guys. That yeah, are they, be they come through. Yeah, big team. They come through here and play. I mean, they're professional baseball players. This is professional baseball, and you know, and I think some people forget that sometimes that we are affiliated with Major League Baseball. Um, and but we miss seeing everybody out there. I, I miss it. it. This is my would be my twelfth season in baseball, and it, my wife's kind of like, I think she's ready for me to be working on baseball games. Get sometimes. back <laughs> to the field. <laughs> Don't want you at home anymore. How does this affect somebody like the Cape Cod League? I mean, that a lot of people, now we're going to get in the weeds just a little sure. bit, all right? I mean, if you're a baseball fan, you know what I'm talking about. But if you're just a, you know, you go a couple of games a year, then maybe you don't. But you know, Cape Cod is a place where a lot of players go to hone their skills. And uh, sometimes during, uh, you know, minor league ball, uh, it's not as high caliber as they really need to be in to get better. Cape Cod is really, really good. It's really good. Yeah, it's really skilled yeah. players out is there. It gonna, is it going to, to stick around? I haven't heard anything on that yet. I, I don't know an answer to that. Um, I, I do know a lot of the other leagues, you know, the uh, collegiate summer leagues and some other of those independent leagues and things like that have already canceled. Not all of them, but I know some of them already canceled their season. But uh-huh. I have not heard about Cape Cod. Cape Cod League, I have not. That's interesting. Not. We'll, we'll see. You know, and, uh, and and one thing I think that will be interesting is the draft. You know, they're shortening mm-hmm. that. Um, and I think that'll have a big effect on baseball this summer as well, I mean, because they're shortening it to five rounds. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, who is it, a uh, player from uh, the Razorbacks. Uh, not a catcher. I can't think Martin? of Martin. Yes, Casey Martin. Casey Martin, and then Herstad. The, both those are. They're talking about. They're talking about Casey Martin, first rounder. Yeah, and I, I think her, the Herstad is going to be up there. First as well. round two, maybe. first round two. I think so. Is what they're talking about. So, both folks, that's guys. where the real money's at. Yes, that's where they. You know, you sign a contract and you go play minor league ball, and you're. Let's say you're a third baseman. You're making. Let's say that they they signed you an agreement of. 
five million dollars okay because they want you they want to see what you're going to do not any guarantee but they want to see what you're going to do so you're playing double a let's say and you're working your way up in the system and you're making uh, your paycheck that's coming to you is several hundred thousand dollars and then the shortstop is getting twenty five hundred dollars or less mm-hmm. it's just really yeah, bizarre it's different yeah it's it's pretty crazy yeah yeah, you ride the bus, but you stay in a better room. <laughs> yeah, put it that way. yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a good it's, way to put it's it. It's really interesting how how that all works out. But uh, you know, ball clubs put the money up behind the players that they think are going to develop. No guarantees, though. Zero. There's no guarantee. Yeah, zero. You guarantees. know as well as I, Russ. You, you can be a pitcher, be one of the best pitchers out there. Throw ninety-eight mile an hour fastball. Throw BBs up at the plate. Go out one day and you hear a pop and it's all over with. All done. All Finish done. through. Done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's you're not promised tomorrow anything. And baseball's no different. I mean, yeah, we, we've seen guys get hurt down there. We've seen the first rounders come through there and uh, that maybe don't pan out the way that they thought they would. You know, and you just never know. You never never know. Because you know what? It's such a mental game. Mm-hmm. People don't understand how mental it, baseball it, really is. It is such a grind. Yeah, I mean, that's it's the other six thing. months every single day. That means every day you got to be competitive. Mm-hmm. You can't let up. Mm-hmm. You let up, you let your team down. Yep. Yep. You're exactly right. That's what's so great about baseball. A lot of people just talk about, well, it's not really a team sport. What, what are you talking about? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a big time team sport. It's a great team sport. And you got to put together the team correctly. To be competitive. So with that said, I got a couple of moments here. Let's talk about the Dodgers. Oh. Dodgers are in a very interesting situation. Because they signed Mookie. All right. Mookie was a one year deal, if I'm not mistaken. That means at the end of this season he becomes free agent again. They're gonna pay him fifty percent and maybe for doing nothing. Zippo, nada, plus these guys that are being paid big, big dollars, uh, Machado and, and some of the other people out there in, in San Diego, mm-hmm. I mean, they've signed a lot of names. Yeah, they've got a big lot of money. You know, you're paying these guys, and they're not playing. And some of these guys, yeah, they're young, but their best years are sit, they're sitting on the bench, so to speak, for that. You know, if you're an owner, what are you thinking about on, on this? Are you just watching it dwindle like – Sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think, yeah, I think you're just sitting back, just watching everything unfold, I guess, and not really sure what's going to happen. I don't, you know, I mean, and they have all their staff members they have to think about, too, the full, you know, the front office guy. I mean, I mean, the scouting department and all those and those front office, they're huge, too. Yeah. I mean, there's 60, 70 people in some of yep. those, those teams. Going out and watching those games. Yeah. Man. So, I mean, they, you know, there's a whole lot going on there. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's some real questions there. I mean, I look at David Price. Yeah, I, I look. Well, look at I look at John Lester. I think John Lester would be better in the in the Cubs organization now, not as a number two or even a number three starter, but as a reliever. Yeah, I think he would yeah. be better as a reliever now. His best days are behind him now. He's yeah. what thirty nine. I think I think you're right. Or close. I mean, he's around there. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, in he's his late thirties. Uh, and you look at uh, you look at David Price. David Price hasn't lit the world on fire. Mm-mm. You know, 
Tampa Bay Lately. was, I mean, when he was with the Rays, it was really good in the first couple of years with Boston, and then the last few years. Yeah, and now he's, first you know, what are they going to, and let's, let's be honest, you, you go to, to the Dodgers, their pitching staff, a lot of them are older guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm keep thinking Hershiser keeps jumping up in my head, and that he's not even playing anymore. Who's who's their their number one ace that always goes out? Kershaw. Yeah, yeah. I think that he's on the downward slids now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he ain't the guy you want to start in the playoffs. I'm just telling no, you. You know, they their double A is is Tulsa Drillers, who's with us. Right. I will say they've got some they've got some very very good guys some studs you got coming, some studs coming, coming? yes they've got a couple guys coming through there that are very very good if they and one a couple guys made it up towards the end of last year uh, and pitched for them a little bit but they're going to be just fine all <laughs> right. once these guys get older all right we'll come back we'll finish up with rusty meeks he's the assistant general manager of the traps traps aren't going anywhere they're just waiting for somebody to say go Okay, when they get that, uh, then we'll see if we get some minor league ball going. If we don't, they're going to have something going on out at Trav's Field uh, for some fireworks and things of that nature. So keep that in mind as well. So Dave Ellswick's show. We're looking at 13 minutes till 7. We'll be back and continue our conversation. We've got Congressman French Hill coming up at 7.05. All right, so for all you uh, young whippersnappers out there, all right, because I'm 67 I know I don't make bones about what my age is, uh, but with age comes, hey, I've seen a lot of stuff go around. And what is happening in our country right now? I've seen it before. I saw it in 67, 68, 67. Uh, it was the Vietnam War and things were really burning in the cities. Then in 68, it was the the death of Dr. Martin Luther King and the shooting of Bobby Kennedy as well. And the the cities were burning as well. And one of the cities that was really burning, I'm just telling you, it was a bad, bad time in Detroit. Bad time. Uh, It looked like hell night every night in Detroit. I don't, you may not be aware of hell night. Uh, Hell night is a, is Halloween and, uh, they get out and they start setting fires. Used to do that all the time. And they don't do it as much, I think, now as they used to. But uh, police departments used to really get uptight about Halloween because they knew they were going to have a lot of arsonists uh, out uh, in their activity. But Detroit, the racial tensions were terrible. Uh, I forget what exactly the date was, but two... Vietnam veterans were being honored at a black bar downtown, just down the street from Tiger Stadium. And uh, the police showed up to shut them down for whatever reason. Uh, The uh, majority of police officers at that time in Detroit were white. This was a black bar. So you can probably figure out things didn't go exactly the way they wanted it to, and you would be exactly right. Uh, There was some shooting. There was a there was some, you know, bad blood already, evidently, and uh, all hell broke loose, and they just about burned a good portion of Detroit down. And racial tensions were at an all-time high. And they, they, in 68, they thought the exact same thing. It was going to be the exact same thing. And the summer started warming up, and guess what happened? The Detroit Tigers started getting hot. And uh, they started winning ball games. 
Now, they hadn't been in a World Series since, I believe, 1945. That was when they beat the Cubs in the World Series, if I'm not mistaken. So it had been a long time since they've been in the series. And the city started watching the Tigers. And then the Tigers won the pennant, American League pennant. And they say, and I believe the writers at the time, and black men and white men were jumping up and down with joy in the streets where just weeks before they had been fighting each other and hugging each other because the Tigers were winning. Then they went to the World Series, and they took on the St. Louis Cardinals in 68, and no one thought really that they had a chance. I mean, they had to, look, Tigers had a good team. You had Al Kaline at first, you had Lombard, you know, I'm trying to think of who was the third baseman stood like this when he was at the, in the batting box, yeah. that, that crazy batting stance of his. But anyway, he was he was there. You, you had Denny McLean, the last, and it, nobody ever breaks this, a 31-game winner. And I'm just telling you, it's just uh, it, they, they had some real talent. But over there in that National League, team called st louis cardinals they had this weapon called bob gibson all right and bob Gibson. i'm just telling you i saw bob gibson play a lot bob gibson one of the greatest pitchers i've ever seen pitch that man was number one he was an unbelievable athlete he was a huge human specimen and he could throw hard he is the only pitcher that resulted in the mound being reduced by, well, I think six inches, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Because when he stood on the mound, he looked like a god out there. I'm just telling you. And when he threw the ball, he threw, as, as Yogi Berra once said about Bob Feller, he threw aspirins dissolving. All right, so uh, the bottom line is that Gibby could throw, and he could really throw. And, yes, I'm a Cub fan, but I, I understand talent on any team and bob gibson was talent just yeah, like stan did. musial was talent i saw all those players play and uh i have no problem saying how great they were yeah you know but i'm just telling you they healed they healed that baseball team healed the racial tensions in detroit because when they won the world series the whole city loved each other and it was like somebody put a hose on the fires of Detroit. They need to, I, I, there's, there is a, a movie out and I think it's called Detroit and it's about that time. And they go into this and it, it, it just, I just don't think you can, you can tamp down the power of sports. And I think that's one of the problems that we've got right now. People got too much time on their hands and too many other things to pay attention to than, to be paying attention to how many strikeouts does he have and what's he hitting and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. People get their minds on other things and they need to do that right now. No doubt about it. Yeah. 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 So yeah, sports are important and baseball is really important. And you go back, read about 67, 68 in Detroit because oh, really? it's an amazing story about, there's all kinds of stories written about it and, uh, and how baseball saved that city. There's just no doubt about it. Well, hopefully we'll get it. Hopefully by the end of this week we'll have an answer and we'll get it I back. I hope so. And we'll get it back. I hope so. I we'll hope. get some baseball out here. I, Terry Yamauchi, Dr. Terry Yamauchi had you know infectious diseases. Uh, he and I are huge baseball fans. 
A lot of people don't know about him, but he's he's in the Baseball Hall of Fame at Oregon. Really? Yeah, base hits. I didn't know he's that. He's a real hitter, man. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And you know, he's got, I think, season, season tickets, tickets yeah. out there. He goes so. and wants to watch the games and stuff. And uh, you want to talk baseball, you can talk with Terry. He'll tell you. Oh, yeah. yeah he can talk, he can talk baseball. <laughs> it's good. He and I get together. We go to dinner. We try to go to dinner about once a quarter, and that's what we do. We do, you know, he'll he'll ask some questions about politics. I'll ask some questions about what's going on in medicine, and then we'll talk baseball, baseball. from there on. Love it. Yeah, it's great. It's just it's just what we do. But uh, yeah, the Trabs are not going anywhere. That's uh, that was the number one reason I want to have Rusty on, so that everybody knew that uh, you know, with all of this uncertainty, you may not see him on the field this year. I hope we do, but if we don't know that. They'll be back on the field. Yeah, and, and as soon as we hear something uh, on the season, we'll make an official announcement on our social media channels, of course, and we'll be all over the radio stations You'll be as here. well. I'll be here. <laughs> I will definitely be here because we can talk more about it then. And yeah. then, uh, but we will we will do more things at the ballpark as as we can. You know, we'll still have some of our fireworks shows, and we'll do some crazy different events out there that maybe we've never done before like disc golf tournaments and those type of things yeah, like just I, fun things that people have asked for us to do but we can't do because of we have 70 baseball games that we have to play and so yeah and you don't know and we don't know exactly but now we can do some of those things and so we're our team's working on that we're all about batting, batting around ideas and so just just stay tuned to all of our social media stuff and channels and we'll make sure to announce all that once we do something and i'll let you know things. i'm going to have i'm going to have the man back rusty's going to be back next week I'll talk right. to Lance. I'll get you set up and have you back on because we should have some real answers by next so. week. I hope so. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks appreciate for coming you in. Us, appreciate us, us. A shiny-headed type, type yes. guy. Got to hang together, all right? You like the beard, huh? I do like the beard. It, it looks came good. Out, it came yeah. out all right. It, it looks really good. All right. So, yeah, for a lot of... See? It looks pretty good, doesn't it? it grew, this was, I started it just as my COVID-19 thing. I right? like it. It looks I, good. I was not going to shave until I got out of there, out of my house again. And uh, so... Uh, I shaved the sides down. My wife goes, I really like that. Well, when she said that, it became permanent. All right, brother. And I'm not using just for men. It's white, man. It's white. So there you go, Frazier. Just keep that up in mind. All right. We'll be back with more with the uh, congressman, French Hill, in a moment. That should happen any moment here. He'll join us on the Dave Ellswick Show. Got a lot of things to talk with him about, of course. Uh, and the 800-pound gorilla is all of the unrest in all the major cities uh, across uh, the United States. And unrest here in uh, Little Rock as well. Uh, I, I sat on and watched Channel 7 yesterday and watched the uh, the presser that the, 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 the mayor had, Mayor Scott, and uh, listen to what he had to say, and then he had gotten some information, I guess, about some bad actors 
uh, getting in the area. I had gotten some uh, rumors. You know, rumor mill is running is running like crazy uh, right now. And uh, I was being contacted and said, did you know this? Did you know that? We've heard this. We've heard that. And I got to tell you what, I take a lot of that stuff with a grain of salt. Uh, stuff that I think has real weight, I forward it to people that I know and I can can make the necessary determinations if it's actually true or not. They appreciate that I send it, uh, you know, whether it is uh, true or not. That it, it may be just a, a rumor. I don't go on the air and talk about it. Uh, I know better than to get out and spread rumors. I don't want to spread rumors. It's not right to spread rumors. It's dangerous to spread rumors. Uh, but I'll be honest with you. I think these are dangerous times. I think that there's really some bad actors out there. I believe that they are more organized than what we think. And uh, they're showing up in different cities and they're trying to cause problems. And uh, so I see that Congressman Hill is with us now. He has joined us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And Congressman, and thanks for joining us. And we have really... Uh, a bad situation with Antifa and some of these other groups that are out there. So let me start by first question being, you think the president was right by declaring that he wanted Antifa uh, painted as a domestic terrorist group? Well, good morning, Dave. Great to be with you. I think those decisions are tough. I have not reviewed all the uh, documentation for it, because when you do it, you set precedents on various things. But if he's done that and thought it through carefully with uh, the Justice Department, then I can support it. I've gone through this when I've looked at drug cartels and uh, various uh, extraterritorial drug movement folks like MS-13 and others. And when you get down to it, the details of declaring somebody a terrorist organization are, are complicated. So um, I'm not an expert in it, but it's it's clear they're involved. It's also clear that, uh, from what I've read, that extraterritorial actors potentially out on social media are trying to make it worse, uh, which we've seen before. So we don't know. I don't know who they are, but I know they're trying to stir it up through social media, pitting one American against another. Yeah, and it and it's it look it's like I've been talking on the air. This is not the first time this kind of stuff has happened. Um uh, I take I was been talking about and you'll remember this, sixty seven, sixty eight, nineteen sixty seven, that's called the long hot summer and there was a reason. Racial tensions were at all time high in the United States and major cities across the United States were on fire, literally. Detroit, which I talked about just the last half hour because I was I was talking about how the Detroit Tigers baseball team literally put out racial tensions in 1968 because they won the World Series. But we, we were talking about that. But the bottom line is uh, we have done this before. We've gone through this before. And here we are now in the 21st century going through it again. And... We will get through this, and the country will uh, survive. But how, how do we get Americans to understand that there is a problem and that we have got to get this problem solved and uh, that though there is a problem, we can't allow bad actors to make the problem even worse than what it is? 
Well, exactly. I mean, each community uh, has got to face uh, up to fairness in policing and community policing and reaching out to their neighbor and understanding the pain of those who've suffered uh, from <clears throat> discrimination over the years. Uh, and think, really, you and I are old enough to know, think of how much uh, better economic opportunity and fairness and civil rights are today compared to 1968, but this also demonstrates just how far we have to go culturally in our communities to make uh, America the the more perfect union that Lincoln talked about. But violence doesn't have any place in that, and nobody was a better spokesperson on that than Dr. King was. That's right. And he clearly uh, adopted at his core the principles of, of nonviolence and basically said if you adopt violence to try to succumb to change, then you're going to essentially reap an endless reign of, you know, chaos. So uh, I hope we can protest fairly and be protected for our First Amendment rights and stand in solidarity with George Floyd's family and demand fairness and openness and community policing and all the things that we believe in and fairness and uh, in um, employment and income and all the things that people have a right to protest for. But violence doesn't have any place in that. Yeah, it, well, no, absolutely not. And some of the stuff that we're seeing out uh, at nighttime right now uh, is nothing more than greed and nothing more than people wanting to take stuff. And and it's not just it's not just black people; it's white people as well. It's Hispanics, and I mean the guy that shot the police officer in in Las Vegas was a Hispanic, and uh, we we got to understand that this 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 crosses all boundaries of race. This this is about uh, the human the human heart. Let me just read this to you, uh, Congressman. I think that. We were just talking about Dr. King, and my thanks to Shane Stacks. Uh, As you press on for justice, this is Dr. King speaking. As you press on for justice, be sure to move with dignity and discipline, using only the weapon of love. Let no man pull you so low as to hate him. Always avoid violence. Let me read that again from Dr. King. Always avoid violence. If you succumb to the temptation of using violence in your struggle, unborn generations will be the recipients of a long and desolate night of bitterness, and your chief legacy to the future will be an endless reign of meaningless chaos. Dr. Martin Luther King. Boy, we need to hear those words today. We do, and I think you raise a good point, which is when you have this kind of mass protest, there are plenty of bad people, whether they're Antifa or just juvenile delinquents or a criminal element that want to take advantage of it. I mean, you're not going to achieve justice for George Floyd or for African-American people uh, by tearing out an ATM in a bank or breaking all the windows out of a store or destroying across the country black businesses in neighborhoods. This is it's insane, but it is a negative feedback that you and I have seen before. Uh, It's heartbreaking, but 
violence again, looting, robbery, crime is not going to honor George Floyd, and it's not going to make our communities uh, a, a better place. You know what's really sad, Congressman, is that the amount of people who have forgotten the words of Dr. Martin Luther King. I mean, seriously, they they know the name. They have no idea what the man really stood for. Well, he stood for change and stood for uh, racial equality. He stood for harmony. He stood for making our communities a, a better place in a, in a lasting way. That was his dream that mm-hmm. he spoke of so eloquently. But you've laid out his creed. You've laid out his uh, his belief system so beautifully in that, in that quote. Yeah, this is great. All right. If you'll hold, we'll be right back with you. Let's talk about PPP. Let's talk about uh, Stimulus 4. As people keep talking about that, do we really need it? We'll talk about a lot more with Congressman French Hill. Don't forget that Congressman Bruce Westerman from the 4th District will join us. been a while since Bruce has been on the show. He will be here at 735. Got more coming your way in a moment here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll be back to the Congressman in just a second. Let me remind you about PI Roofing. PI Roofing can take a great, great uh, job uh, like for your roof and and do a fantastic job they're very professional they got things worked out so that they can keep the social distancing for you you don't have to go into the office to get things set up you don't have to meet somebody face to face to talk it over you can do it all by phone or you can do it all on the internet they understand that your well-being as far as your health go uh, goes as number one in your mind and they'll keep you that way but here's what they'll do they'll fix your roof you shouldn't have to worry about your roof uh, during COVID-19 they'll come out take care of it do a wonderful job on it did a wonderful job on my house Uh, had a little problem with the uh, uh, the second layment uh, that was up on the roof the the felt and it it looked like kind of like like there was waves in my my roof they came back out they uh, fixed that uh, no charge to me. Took them all of uh, half a day. It only took a day to do the uh, the roof in its entirety. It was a fantastic job. If they got to take it all the way down through your, the plywood, they can do that for you. If your roof is in really bad shape, these are the folks to get it back into fantastic shape. Call them at 707-3551, 707-3551, or you can visit them on the internet at piroofing.com. That's piroofing, one word, dot com. All right, our guest is, uh, of course, Congressman uh, uh, Hill. He is with us uh, every Wednesday at this time. Let's talk about the PPP. Uh, I was watching, I think it was Fox Business yesterday, and and they said a lot of the money from the latest uh third part of the stimulus hasn't even hit basically the united states uh businesses and things of that nature but yet we're hearing them talk about you know the 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 fourth uh, of these uh of these stimuluses that they want to do and i go along with what uh, mcconnell's been saying and and mccarthy and some of the others that uh, hey let's wait to see if this stuff is working first 
Well, PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program, is probably one of the more important and successful items that we had in the CARES Act. Uh, in Arkansas, we've helped over 40,000 businesses and had over $3.3 billion help small businesses keep their employees on the payroll, keep their rent paid. And um, I think it'll be a big help as we reopen now to have had that capital in place. Uh, there's still money outstanding uh, on that program. It's not all been taken by American businesses. So we appropriate about $600 billion for the use by small businesses in PPP, and only about uh, $500 billion <clears throat> has been used across the country. Um, so that kind of gives me a, a feeling that people who knew about it uh, have applied for it, they've gotten it, they're using it, and um, that money may come in handy in a few weeks, obviously, if, if um, uh, things don't open up in some parts of the country, right? I mean, it could be mm-hmm. useful to somebody later on, and Congress may need to change the dates around that program to make it more uh, useful. But the economy is opening now, and that's why I agree with your assessment. Let's look and see <clears throat> what uh, the economy and business needs to get reopened in the weeks ahead. Uh, and, and McConnell has continued to talk to everybody on Capitol Hill about what might be needed. And I think that's important. Of course, they should be talking about what might be needed. Well, the president seems to say, and, and uh, Mnuchin <laughs> have said that, the fourth stimulus that they're looking at is different than the first three. I mean, the president is really pressing, as McConnell has been uh, pressing over in the Senate, uh, you're not going to even talk about a fourth stimulus unless you're going to talk about liability protections uh, for businesses because of COVID-19. The president wants some kind of payroll uh, tax cut so that People who are working are going to see more money in their paycheck instead of just getting a check uh, in the mail. I think if those are the two things that they're really going to push, I think that's really important because that $600 extras that they're throwing out there right now, uh, that's got to change. Are you all talking about that, about changing that now and maybe you know lessening it? We are, Dave. Uh, you're talking about the pandemic extra payment per week for unemployment. Yes. And it does expire at the end of July. And um, there was a study announced uh, last week that looked at it across the country, and 60% of people on unemployment, 60%, are making more money than they made when they worked, uh, when you look at that data across the whole country. And that's because of this pandemic uh, unemployment additional payment per week didn't reflect local labor markets. So what might be great in New York is, uh, you know, significant in Arkansas. And we do believe it could be a detriment to getting people back to work if you're making substantially more money uh, being at home and collecting an unemployment check. So it's going to expire. Some people have thought about uh, – Treating it as maybe a back-to-work bonus, this is what Kevin Brady has talked about. Um, and so there's some conversations around it, but it's it's had a, a negative effect on in some parts of the country. Well, I would think that, uh, like the president was saying, if uh, we cut down how much the government takes from us in taxes so we get to keep more of our paychecks to use at home, 
that might be the way to make people want to go back to work because they're going to be making more money. Well, he's talked about that from the very beginning. That was something he wanted to pursue. And as people go back to work and those 40 million Americans that are taking some form of unemployment compensation uh, go back to their jobs, then naturally that would be a better incentive. And so uh, he may be uh, phasing that in, may be a very good strengthening factor for all of our families for the last half of the year. What do you think about the uh, the kind of the, the talk going on uh, in Washington, D.C. about, you know, uh, getting our infrastructure fixed and somehow using the stimulus bill as a way to get uh, infrastructure taken care of? I mean, the government only has as much money as the American people can, you know, pay. I mean, how much money do they think that they can just keep borrowing? Well, we do. Uh, we are working on a highway bill. Every five years, the uh, Congress passes federal highway authorizations, which helps uh, the states build and repair roads and interstate highway system. That's under negotiation right now in Washington. But uh, one caveat to your statement, the government spends as much as the American people uh, will allow it in taxes and then as much as it can borrow. So uh, our future generations are encumbered by uh, that borrowing. And uh, when you have to fight the, the virus that we're fighting and get our economy back to full capacity, it justifies extraordinary spending measures to do that. But we do have to be cognizant about the long-term effects of of our our spending, and we're going to be putting more pressure on that as we come out of this virus and out of this economic crisis because we're going to recognize just how much debt we've added to the national uh, debt load. Well, the Speaker of the House has been, how shall we say, not the the most level-headed person to talk about this stuff. I mean, what we got to do is look at her heroes act to know that uh is she starting to act like she understands reality or is it just completely politicized and they're going to throw everything but the, you know, they're going to throw the kitchen sink and everything and say we're just going to give everything away for free well she got her messaging bill she got a, <clears throat> a bill she wanted three trillion dollars more in spending starting this month so she's Pass that in the House. <clears throat> but now the, the power in this debate will turn to the Senate. You reference what Leader McConnell is trying to do, a much, much more targeted, narrow approach to look for gaps. This is what I think everybody's been saying who's been thoughtful about it. Let's look at the $3 trillion we've already spent. Let's look at what the Federal Reserve is doing and analyze what narrow gaps that we might have and work on those. And that's where Mitch McConnell is going. Nancy Pelosi is... Uh, just purely doing a bill for political purposes that's a far-left, progressive list of things that she wants to buck up her uh, center-left candidates for Congress. This is all politics to her. It's either about uh, getting rid of Donald Trump or electing liberal members of the House of Representatives. That's what she gets up every morning thinking about. All right. Congressman, we're out of time. Thanks for the time. We'll talk to you next week. Best wishes, Dave. See you. All right. Bye-bye. Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Coming up is going to be Rush Limbaugh. He's got his morning update. Don't forget, at 735, coming up in just a moment, 
Congressman Westerman will join us here on the Dave Ellswick Show from District 4. That's all coming your way here in just a moment. But right now, let's find what L. Rushbo has to say to us and join him here on 101.1 FM. All right, 25 minutes until 8 o'clock. Joining us by phone is none other than District 4 Congressman Bruce Westerman. Haven't talked to the congressman in a while. And how are you doing, Congressman, how are how are things shaking out for you right now? Hey, good morning, Dave. I'm I'm doing well, and you know I was thinking the same thing when uh, when I called in. It's been a while since I've talked to my friend Dave. Yeah, it has been, and I'd like to get it set up that maybe we have uh, Hill on at seven o five to seven thirty, and you from seven thirty five to eight o'clock, and let me uh, get with uh, your your handlers and see if we can make that work. Yeah, that may be a hard act to follow for me, but I would, ah. I would be glad to visit with you on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah, well, that's because you and uh, and, and French don't get along. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, a, he's a good guy. Yeah. I'm really honored to serve with him and the rest of our delegation. We've got some uh, uh, good folks that uh, I've gotten to know and really appreciate. Well, it's pretty amazing if... If some things would shake out good for us, for instance, if we would take back the House, we hold the Senate. I mean, uh, Senator Bozeman would be uh, head of the Agriculture Committee. I don't know exactly what Tom Cotton would be doing exactly. You might end up being head of, what, forestry? Is that what I heard? Oh, the Natural Resources. Natural Resources, yeah. Sees over forestry and energy and a lot of those issues in the House side. That be a, that would I yeah. mean, you know, when you look at Arkansas and what we got going on here, we're small state, and yet our congressional delegation is having uh, really a big effect on what's happening in D.C. Well, like I said, we've we've got a good group, and uh, uh, you know, I don't, I don't mean to say this is bragging, but I guess it kind of is. But other states uh, kind of. I think look up to what Arkansas does with our congressional delegation, um, and you know Senator Bozeman and Senator Cotton uh, do a great job over in the Senate. You got Steve Womack, who is uh, uh, you know on the Appropriations Committee, will probably be a, a what they call a cardinal head of one of the twelve subcommittees on appropriations. He's already been the chairman of the Budget Committee and serves as a ranking member on it now. And then uh, Rick Crawford's in position to potentially be chairman of the Ag Committee yeah. in the House as well. So you could, um, it, and it you know, it comes with uh, hard work and experience, and and uh, you know getting to know other members and gaining that respect. So we've got a a pretty solid delegation up there right now. Well, Steve Olmack could in, end up being in in charge up there. I mean, he could be the main uh, uh, committee chair if uh, you all could win the House back. Yeah, uh, Kay Granger from Texas is a ranking member on appropriations right now, and she's in her first term. We, we're limited to three terms as chairman or ranking member, but um, and you know I assume she's she's planning to come back and and go for that. But uh, uh, being a, uh, a subcommittee appropriations chairman's a big deal up there as well. Yeah, I agree. And, and like I said, Steve's already been the budget committee chairman, so he's. He's very highly respected, and if you if you notice, he when we're in the majority, he does a lot of presiding over the floor, right? Um, and 
he's just uh, I, again I say I'm very fortunate to serve with the, the folks I get to serve with from Arkansas and there's a lot of a lot of other good folks from other places and then there's a lot of them we need to retire <laughs> and get uh, yeah Pelosi <laughs> so we can get that majority back yeah we need to retire Pelosi that's for sure you know I talked to uh, Congressman Hill a lot about her and uh, he doesn't have very much good things to say about her and how about you i mean this this woman has really led the house uh, as much as she can to the left has she not well, you know dave that old saying that uh, if you, if you can't, can't say something good about someone don't say anything at all so we should just go on to the next subject okay move on to the next question okay well that no, let's talk about the, the well let's talk about the 800 pound gorilla that's in in the room and let's talk about the problems that we've got in our country right now uh we've got legitimate protesters uh who are upset about what happened uh in minneapolis uh, just about a week ago and uh, we have also got some really bad actors uh that when the sun goes down show up uh this is it's not good for our country Look, I lived through this one time in 67, 68. I'd rather not remember 2020 as the long, hot summer in the 21st century. So what do you think needs to be done, uh, you know, Congressman? What are some things that that uh, the governors have to do? You know, one of the governors leaked out the conversation that they had with the president, and uh, a lot of the left-leaning media picked up on some of the stuff about how tough we had to be. But I'm going to tell you what, when you got people looting and setting people's businesses on fire, you can't go out and coddle them. You got to be tough. Yeah. And you, you made a, a great distinction there, Dave, between peaceful protest, which is uh, totally supported by the uh, first amendment of the constitution. It's a, a right people have. And when we see what happened in Minneapolis, um, I mean, I can understand people going out and, and protesting that and wanting justice, uh, and that's that's America. That's why the way our country was founded. But when you start breaking the law, that's not that's not what you're allowed to do by the First Amendment to protest. So, yeah, uh, protesting is fine until you cross the line and start breaking the law and damaging other people's property, and that's when. Uh, the rule of law has to has to come into play. So, uh, it, to me, it's pretty clear cut. Uh, there's a right way to protest, and there's a wrong way to protest. And you just can't have um, people destroying property and, in, in some instances, injuring or killing other people, and say that's a legitimate activity. Yeah. Well, how do you how do you deal with this? I mean. I mean, this I, this is the first time, to be honest, that I've ever watched governors literally bow their head in, in Cowtown and mayors, Cowtown, and letting people have run of the streets. And as a congressman, you're supposed to uphold the Constitution of the United States. And so what do you do when when does the federal government have to say enough if you're not going to do something we're going to have to pass some laws or pass uh something to be done so that we get this under control yeah that that gets into a sticky area in a couple of different ways number one is 
you know, I'm I'm uh, I would consider myself a federalist and want to leave uh, most decisions like that to states and local communities. And I think if if a, a governor or a mayor or whoever is not enforcing the law, then that's reason for uh, them to be taken out of office at the next election. But if you've got immediate unrest and the the states aren't doing their job, then that's when the, the federal government would possibly have to step in. I mean, that's in a sense, it's kind of like what happened at the University of Alabama at Little Rock High School when the state wasn't doing their job, the, the uh, president sent in the federal troops to do it. Yeah, it's, uh, and I understand it's a, it's a tough subject. The, the president's dealing with that uh, now. I mean, he he allowed the states to make up their mind when they wanted to reopen. But, uh, but Congressman, things are so politicized that I do believe that there are people out there in America that are in, in charge of some of these states that are keeping their keeping their economies closed because they want to hurt this president. It's hard to imagine, but it's also uh, hard to look at the data and, and not uh, think that could be happening. Uh, I've never seen such vitriol and and, uh, and and hatred for a president. And to be fair, he you know he's a tough guy. He goes out and he swings. He, <laughs> he swings. He's not going to back down. Yeah, he'll punch you in the um, nose, won't he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, if you look at the economy before the pandemic, we were seeing uh, unbelievable uh, economic results here. Mm-hmm. And I think it's possible to get, get back to that. And we were seeing a lot of other things uh, changing. And I know uh, I talk to people all the time that uh, the the president's demeanor and his tweets, if I had a had a dollar for everybody that said could you get the president to stop tweeting but then you get there's a lot of people say uh we love it that trump tweets because that's the only way we get any semblance of the truth well uh, with, with what the mainstream media does so it's uh there there is division and uh we're in un, unsailed waters here uncharted waters with this pandemic and now we've got these uh, uh racial issues going on but uh, I mean, if, in my opinion, if you look at uh, the president's presumptive opponent, Joe Biden, I, I can't imagine that guy sitting at the helm next next go around. Yeah, God help us if he had been in charge. I got to tell you that. All right, Congressman, hold yeah, on. The best, I... thing, the best thing that can happen for him is uh, is for him not to be in the news between now and the election. <laughs> and, it, and it looks like they're being successful in keeping him out of the out of the public eye you're keeping him in the basement all right we'll, we'll come back we'll talk further about this on the dave ellswick show we got to get a break in we got our uh, we got congressman bruce westerman on with us uh, the congressman has done a fantastic job in his time in washington dc we'll talk further with him when we return we got traffic and weather for you coming up stay with us here on the dave ellswick show all right, uh, just about 10 minutes till 8, our uh, friend, Congressman Bruce Westerman, has joined us. Congressman, just a couple more questions for you. Uh, one, the president is saying that he wants to make sure that Antifa is designated a domestic terrorist group. How, how do you see that? 
Yeah, I thought they are, they already were or should have been, but uh, I, I mean, you can't just uh, again break the law and say you're uh, uh, you've got a just cause in in doing that. With there's a there's a right, right way to protest and there's a wrong way to protest, and when you're destroying property and injuring other people, that's that's not protesting. That's breaking the law. All right, so. You 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 you're like I am. I think uh, if they're not labeled a domestic terrorist group, they should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're they're dangerous when people. You, I think, especially when you look at at uh, some of the people that gets labeled by uh, by different groups, uh, and you look at the the offenses of of some versus the other. So, yeah, I'm I'm one uh, of those former military guys that's white and I've seen combat, so I'm <laughs> they look at me with kind of crooked eye anyway, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um hopefully we're going to get through the pandemic, get through the the riots and sometime or another things are going to start looking normal again but it uh it just seems like the world gets crazier every day Dave. yeah i i agree with you i i really i really really do agree with you uh, and you've got some really tough decisions that you're going to have to make uh in the future as soon as pelosi lets you all go back to work are you hearing any word of when they're going to say that you all should show up in washington dc again uh, the official word, I think, is June 30. Okay. It's just utterly ridiculous. Now, I got some notifications there. Uh, Pelosi and the committee chairman uh, under her are wanting to start doing these uh, virtual hearings now. And uh, I think what Republicans are going to do is actually go back to D.C. and sit in the committee room and do the hearings if, if we do them at all. But um, – there's all kinds of underhand stuff taking place that uh, is not being reported on at all. Uh, committees are using official resources to have these quote-unquote um, forums that are actually just like committee hearings, and they're not inviting Republican witnesses or Republicans to the uh, to the hearings. They're doing this all online, and I get uh, I'll get questions from people who are concerned about something that they're talking about in the hearing um, because they're portraying this as being an official hearing. But they are saying now they're going to start having official hearings and doing them uh, uh, online, which to me is an affront to the to the Constitution and our country and, you know, all those people who came before us that, uh, you know, the idea of Congress is you meet together. It's a deliberative body. Uh, even the, in the times that we've gone back up there to vote, we're so socially distanced that you don't really get a chance to see people and talk to them. And it's made me realize just how much business gets done uh, just visiting with other members and understanding issues and coming together in a committee hearing. Uh, and when you don't get to do that, it almost feels like you're uh, – you're on the outside looking in as a voting member of Congress. So what are some other things that people need to know about that the media is not telling us about? You know, bring me up to date. Yeah, well, these these virtual committee forums that they're having and that Natural Resources Committee that I sit on is probably the uh, uh, 
the most egregious one at doing it. Uh, you know, they're just taking any kind of highly political issue and having a, a, a forum that looks just like a committee hearing, although they're doing it online. Uh, and now they're going to start doing committee hearings that way. Uh, I got a, a text message yesterday from uh, my colleague from across the aisle on the Transportation and Infrastructure Committee asking me if I was ready to uh, pass a, a bill out of our subcommittee. And I replied back to her that, uh, yeah, as soon as I see the bill and know what's in it. But it's just like Pelosi writing these bills in the in her office and putting them on the floor and it has no input uh, from anyone else. And apparently the committees up there are doing that as well. They're just writing the bills and uh, I guess they'll want to vote virtually or something as well before this is all over with. But, um, you know, I joined in with a, on a lawsuit uh, a couple of weeks ago. I guess it was last week when I was in D.C., uh, to try to stop the proxy voting, because I, I legitimately believe it's unconstitutional. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, the speaker changed that rule, and you can change that rule on a simple majority vote. Uh, and, you know, we saw for the first time in American history where members of the House cast their vote and not being in the House chamber. You know, so much that, you know, we've got these voting cards, and you, you're not supposed to even vote by the by the old rules unless you're inside the House chamber. Like, you can't give your voting card to another member and have them vote for you. You're supposed to be present and in the chamber to vote. And, um, you know, there's C-SPAN's live broadcasting the chamber at all times, so it'd be pretty easy to go back and document if somebody voted and they weren't in the chamber. Uh, now, to go from that to uh, being able to sit in your basement in California and vote. Uh, that's just not right. It's dangerous. There's no doubt about it. It's it's setting precedent, and that's really dangerous. Yeah, and it's that uh, you know game of inches, and it's it's something the liberals have learned to play very efficiently, where they uh, they want just a little bit. Now we're just going to do this. It's just temporary. It's not. Uh, you know, it's no big deal. Uh, you know, we've got, in this instance, we got a pandemic. People shouldn't be traveling. We should vote remotely, which makes, you know, it's got a little bit of logic behind it. But in the big picture, what they're doing is they're just moving further away from the Constitution and further away from what uh, or how our country was established. And before you know it, 10 years later, you look back and you think, what happened to our country? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we see issues like that right now. We, there's there's things that have happened in the last ten years that that ten years ago we wouldn't have wouldn't have thought those things happened and you can just go further back into history and see it but I think it's more exponentially right now I think they they've perfected this this game of inches maybe they've made it a game of yards I'm sitting uh, I'm sitting here I got about a minute left let me ask you one last question let you get a chance to answer it they're saying they want to talk about a stimulus for bill. I talked to Congressman Hill about this, and, and it's it's my thought that we should find out what Stimulus 3, 2, and 1 are doing before we decide to start 4. How do you see that? Oh, absolutely. It's uh, uh, There's so much money that hasn't been spent out of the last stimulus yet, and, you know, French is, is very much on top of that, being on the oversight committee of, of how the money's being spent. 
And, uh, you know, even in Arkansas, the state's not been able to spend all the money that the federal government uh, sent here. So uh, I think we need to get the economy back up and going and and see what the effects are of the money that we spent before we start increasing the, the debt even more. And, uh, you know, I saw in the Democrat Gazette today, I think the state revenue collections in May were down only $14 million from May of last year, which when you consider the federal government gave the state $1.25 billion, um, I don't think we need to be pushing too much more money out the door just yet. I got you. Well, we appreciate you, Congressman. Keep up the good work. Keep standing strong. You do a good job. And uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you in the near future. Yeah, thank you, Dave. I look forward to it as well. Have a, have a great day. You do, too. All right. Let's take a break here. Uh, we'll uh, get the uh, congressman back on in the, in the near future. We're going to try to work it out so that he's on in the 735 hour each week following up uh, Congressman Hill. And we can, I mean, look, you just learned something that a lot of you know news agencies aren't even reporting on uh, that uh, Congressman Westerman just talked about, about people voting you know, from their house in California or whatever. You can't do that because that means who's ever throwing the, the the vote is in the chamber and you're out in California. How do we know that's really what the person wanted to do? All right. Duck is next here on the Dave Ellswick Show. To the last hour on a Wednesday, hump day, middle of the weekday, over the hill day, closer to Friday than we were on Monday. And uh, it's good to have uh, you along with us. Hey, listen, Joe's not here today. He's got uh, some personal business he's got to take care of. He'll be back with us hopefully uh, next week if things uh, work out correctly. Uh, but Duck is here. He is. Uh, he 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 hobbled on into the studio today. Yeah, you're right, hobbling. You're getting your. They can get that knee fixed up for you, brother. My foot is fixed up now. The doc says she's got to see me at, at least probably two more times because I'm going to tell you what. I I can you can't see it in a picture, but if you look at it, like I bend my foot where I can kind of get around and and look at it, there is a tiny 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 little pin prick down in the middle of it and she says that's a just a very small little tiny hole but she wants that to completely heal over. healed over so right. she says there's all, there's all kinds of uh, epidermal cells there that are are moving that way so you know we're at the hey, point it looks now better that, than what it did four or five weeks ago lord him and you know what's wild is that it's because i'm using this acetic acid and you, know, you know how much it costs to make the acetic acid to them? 98 cents. <laughs> Do you know how much I spent out of my own pocket on... A whole uh, lot more than that. $7,000. Wow. 
Yeah, don't take long. Seven thousand versus ninety-eight cents. <laughs> I'm just saying. Although at the very beginning, when I had MRSA, and then that was dangerous. That was necessary to have that pick yeah. line and stuff. The, the second time around, I don't think so. I think if we had tried the uh, uh, acetic acid, it would have worked just would've fine. Would have carried it on up. Yeah. Yeah, I'd been done four or five weeks ago. But Good. it is what it is. I am where I am, and I'm glad to be there. And uh, I can walk without any problem whatsoever. I'm going to have to get an insert on my shoe once everything is all healed up, healed up. I'll go see my buddies over Are at Are you Hortons. wearing two shoes now? Or? Uh, nope, just wearing the one. Just, just wearing my shoe. You know, I just don't walk a lot. I yeah. try not to walk a lot. And because uh, I was I was wearing a half shoe, the problem with that is it. The man, I'm going to tell you what the the middle of my foot, the bottom middle of my foot, got so sore from that half shoe that I just couldn't handle it anymore. It's like this knee brace I'm wearing. Time I get home every night, it is it is rubbed on my leg, and I oh. I tried to wear it underneath my Levi's, and I I figured right quick I had to go to the shop and. Go to the bathroom, pull it off, and put it on the outside because you know you get hot and sweaty, and it it rubbed two blisters on me. And Mm-mm. and you know me and you, Dave, we're both, we're both diabetic. Di- man, type two diabetics. You don't want to do no, that. I'm, I'm a type one diabetic. Oh yeah, you don't want you want blisters. Yeah, so blisters are like opening a window to infection. Yes. So you want to stay away from those. You, uh, yeah, any kind of infection, you run from it. Let me just say, I, the wound center is so good over there at North Little Rock Baptist. They were, they're really, really good. But I, I go over there, and I look where I am. Even when I was at my worst, ain't even close to the majority of people I'm seeing over I've got there. a good friend lost his from his knee down. Uh, that's right, I've knee. seen a lot of big amputations. I mean, he stepped big. on attack, Dave. Yeah. And got it infected and... Um, Never, and he just kept moving up his leg, and they took a toe off and another mm. toe, and and wind up took half of his foot off, and then wind up taking it off up above his knee before they finally stopped. Wow! It. But today uh-huh. he's got a. You see him walking, you don't even realize. Don't even know he's got a prosthetic. Yeah, because yeah, he always you know is wearing long pants, and but he gets around. I know a couple of guys that got it that they get around fine with it. Yeah, I'm going to go over to Hortons. I want to get a you know a, a, an application for my shoe, my right shoe. And uh, they're going to make it for me. They'll do a good job. I'll have. I'll and then will they Mike make you a shoe, or just make you an insert? It'll just in be an insert. Uh, insert going go in shoe. shoe. Good. And uh, you know when you talk about prosthetics and you got to have an artificial leg, people like Gary Horton, and that's the uh, the patriarch of the Horton business. Uh, he uh, he. That means he's the old guy. Okay, yeah. just that's to make it easy. <laughs> uh, he's the old guy over there. Uh, he's the man who developed. You with NASA working together, the articulating knee that allow you to used to be it was peg leg. Yeah, you, know, you just walk and it was straight. Now you can your the legs bend just like they do if you got a, a regular knee, basically. And it was because of his ingenuity that we got that. I mean, a lot of people don't realize how many great things have come out of Arkansas. A bunch. Yes, a lot. A lot of smart, smart people around here. So, uh, yeah, I'll be going over and seeing Gary and his crew over there and see. How does it feel to be back in the radio station? Oh, it feels great. Yeah. It looks good. To, I mean, you're sitting here, and we're, you know, we're about five foot away from yeah. each other. And I got to tell you what, it, it's great. What's the first thing I did when he came in? I handed him my Lysol wipes, and I said, 
Wipe off your microphone shield and everything. Make sure, uh, you know, there's nothing over there. Yeah. Nobody's been on that mic that I know of uh, since uh, yesterday. So uh, wiping it off is a good thing to do. Plus, you wiped your hand, which is a good thing to do, too. Yeah, I've been. To, my wife's been scolding me because you know I've I've got bad bad bronchitis anyway, and no, you know, and I sure you know, but I have a nose spray that they give me to spray every morning, so I make sure that I spray it every morning and clean you out, huh? Oh, yeah, you you'll sneeze for thirty minutes after you you do it, but well, don't do it where you're out and about because oh, everybody no. will give you the evil eye. <laughs> I get shot. <laughs> <laughs> he's got it kill him i was walking I, I had my face mask on and everything and i was at walmart i just went over to get a gallon of milk and i grabbed it and i was getting ready to check out and i coughed coughed. oh goodness <laughs> like that you know and i got my mask on and everybody's like ah! <laughs> sign of the cross going run, up you know run. it was crazy so you know you, you it's crazy i'm just telling you all right we'll get back we'll start asking some questions uh, when we return uh, anything new on the trucks that you find that the guy get in there and look and see what the problem was? i know what the problem was i'll tell you when we come back all right gotta hear this because it this has been like a three-week process this is the guy created his own problem oh really yes when i finally got to the end, to the bottom of the story all right well we'll find out more about it duck is here you got a question about your car got problems 8230965 8230965 is your buddy still doing uh, detail work is he still open or is he closed yeah, down right now no no he's still open working i was matter of fact i'm taking my red truck my parts running truck tomorrow and he's going to detail it for me okay does he uh, detox them too um, i guess i don't know we should give him a call see if he does i that. called him uh he wants to come up here not this not this Wednesday, not this coming wednesday but the next wednesday okay. we'll bring him with us we'll talk about how to get your car really clean uh here in a couple of weeks how do, what's this what's some of the, the secrets he's not going to tell you all of them no. he wants you to come see him all right we'll take a break 14 minutes after eight here on the dave ellswick show all right we continue 18 <laughs> minutes after eight on a wednesday ducks here ducks garage out in benton steve is with us he's in north little rock steve how are you welcome to the show and your question for duck thank you uh yes sir uh i've got a uh, uh one of those you know the batteries with the side post yes sir i hate them <laughs> well anyway <laughs> I, the positive side is uh it, you know it wants to start it's got stripped or something uh, it, it's, it wants to start but as soon as you start tightening it up it uh it'll back on off and loosen up again is there a quick and easy way to fix that short of um, changing the cables out normally what i do is get a little bit longer i go get me a three-eighths boat three-eighths uh-huh. coarse thread boat and screw a nut on it i was wondering what size that would be for the battery yeah it yeah. is a, it is a three-eighths three-eighths uh-huh. three-eighths uh-huh. coarse thread right. uh, i'd get me a longer nut a longer boat and screw a nut on it uh-huh. run your boat all the way in you know put your cable on it run your boat all the way in and then tighten mm-hmm. your nut up you can't you know you just snug it you can't bear down on it hard right right okay then uh that's <laughs> what i was kind of thinking too but how about this um got a uh, a ford ranger truck 2001 when you um, put the steer the still uh excuse me the tilt steering down it makes the uh signal lights 
um, quit working. Yes, sir. And you got to kind of raise it up to at least, you know, at least halfway. They've had trouble. There's, there's two different problems there it could be. One of them is the Warren harness, when they made it up in the steering column, it ain't long enough. And when uh-huh. you tilt the steering wheel down, it makes it unplug a little bit. Stretching it, yeah. And so normally what we do is pull the covers off and clip all the tie straps, pull it up a little bit, make sure it's plugged on good, and uh-huh. then and then retie it. We tilt the steering wheel all the way down to the lowest position, plug mm-hmm. it back up, retie it, and then you shouldn't have no more right. problem. Unless it's pulled a Warren too. If it's pulled a Warren too, you just have to go in and repair it. Well, how um, how hard is it to uh, get inside there? The plastic covers. It usually takes about an hour to do it. Okay. Well, that's that's what I need to know then. Because <laughs> I got to have that tilt wheel, you know. Oh yeah, you ain't got that, man. <laughs> yeah, that and the cruise control. Okay, thank, thanks. Thank you, uh, Steve. Dave. Love yep. the show. Thank you very much. That makes it. <laughs> hey, that makes sense. Let me tell you what. I don't know how I lived without cruise control. Me neither. I'll tell you what. It's so great. My wife doesn't use it, and I don't get that. My wife, my wife's scared to death of it. She I turn it on, and I off. keep it all the time, man. I love cruise control. Well, Dave, I got a bad, heavy foot, so yeah. I had to put the cruise on. Don't I'm running 95. You and I both. Now, I don't do 95, I'll be oh, yeah. honest. Usually, I'm sitting, usually, if I'm on a four-lane highway <laughs> in Arkansas, I'm between 80 and 85. I get comfortable about 85, 87. <laughs> I've been looking at Heidi's just staring at me. He said, "What is it with you, Elswick? You think you're above the law? No, if I get caught, I'll pay the fine. So I'll take the fine, you know, and I'll tell my insurance company yeah. if I have to. But I, I, you know, I don't know. I just got a bad, you know. I'll get caught. I want to get where I'm going. I, I don't even that don't even bother me. I'm just, you know." About eighty five. You like to go fast. Where I'm, I'm I like I like speed. You know, I'm sorry, but this, and I've been caught and I've paid a few fines for it. Yes, I have too. I just smile real big and take my ticket and sign it. Tell them thank you and have a wonderful day. And because I know a bunch of the state police, you know, around Benton, and <laughs> is that you how know? you got to know them? <laughs> no, not not really. I've got to know them over the years. You know, just. I want to interstate with my record buddy, you know, out there messing right. with him and helping him out and stuff. And, you know, uh, but in the highway police boys, they eat lunch with us every Friday. Oh, okay. There's anywhere from one to five of them. Because here lately, we've been fixing lunch at shot On Friday, you know, I, I feed all my guys on Friday. Right. Well, you know, when things got so messed up, you couldn't go nowhere. So we just started feeding. And, you know, like uh, last week, we had hamburgers. Week before that, we had... Uh, riverside catfish yum i cooked it myself yeah yeah i'm still i yum. went there and got the fish and the batter and everything and the and the and the shrimp and we had that for lunch and uh you know there's usually about 20 of us that eat on fridays okay now when you use the batter you use buttermilk with it no he makes it all up for me oh he makes it he get he's got he it. puts it in a bag you in. just gotta bathe it huh yep all i gotta do is <laughs> throw it in a pan and swash it around and and old rick out there he the first time i got to fish i got 15 pounds of catfish and he gave me this little bag of batter and i said rick you sure this is gonna be enough oh yeah you got plenty and he was right i had i had something left over you know and we cooked 15 pounds of fish and a couple boxes of shrimp so Plus, now you're putting are you are you dipping it and then putting it in some crumbs or something oh he's i don't know what this batter is he's got it all done huh? he's all i gotta do is throw the fish in a batter and swallow it around and throw it in the, in the cooker all right 
He, he cool. took all. He done all the hard work. I just do the easy stuff. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking about going. I I got rid of it, but I'm going to buy a small fry boy again because I like. Uh, you're going to love this, Heidi. Uh, fry deep fried jalapenos. Oh my wife you know, does slices. Too. Oh, oh my wife, them up, She don't care them how they are. They she just likes whole, them. Yeah. She'll sit there and sweat and be pouring off her and telling me how hot they are. Well, don't eat them. (laughs) But they're too good. I know. I don't like them. I mean. I love the taste of them. It's just good. So, Dave, let's discuss this. uh, Finish up. Let me give everybody a number again. 823-0965. Call in. You can talk to Duck. He'll help you out with your car or your your diesel pickup or your 18-wheeler. All right? He he does it all. Okay. So. This is a three-week story. Finally get to the end of it. Here Finally we go. get to the bottom of the story. I get the whole picture. You know, it started off, it come in, run down the road, all eight injectors stuck. We thought it had something in the fuel, had a fuel test run on it. Nothing in the fuel. Fuel come back clean. Had a little bit of water, but that don't do what we're a problem. So put a new set of injectors in it, clean the tank, clean the lines, clean the filter, changed everything, put him on the road. So he comes to pick it up. I get the whole story. I'd got pieces of it along the way. I had Russell had. So the guy comes in and tells me, he said, well, right before we left, I pulled all them injectors out, tore them apart myself, and cleaned them. Here it comes. And put it back together. But he had no way of, of, of uh, setting them where, you know, you, they put X amount of fuel out when they're supposed to. He mixed all the modules up in which all the modules – have a number on top of them. You have to program that module in to the injector driver in the ECM so it knows I'm putting X amount of fuel out of that one. Well, he yeah. mixed all of them up. Let's tell everybody again. Cars today are so computerized, right. you have got to sit down and everything's got to be able to talk to everything. So most of these new car days have got 8, 9, 10, 13 computers. I talk to you, you talk back to me. Heidi talks back to us, and we don't like Heidi. We'll kick her out. And then don't nothing else work. Everything right. else goes blank. Gotcha. Heidi has to be in the, in the conversation with us to make us all work together. And and the people don't understand that. Then when you start changing stuff up and you don't program it back in there, you know, it's it blows its mind. You know, it's kind of like me. My mind gets blown pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, but I, I try to explain to people, you can't just put parts on no more. You put a blend air door motor in now. You had to program it. You had to set it with a computer because it would just run back and forth, and you hear that click, 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 click. All the time. Yeah, and you know, and that's because it don't know where it's at because mama ain't talked to it and told it, okay, look, son, you're going to go right here and stop. All right. And that's and, – but and everything now has to have the VIN number put in it. So now we're down to injectors. Yes, and they all have a number, a programmable number, and you have to program. Wow. Dave, this even goes to the 18-wheelers. Okay. The 18-wheelers. Caterpillar has a number. Uh, uh, Cummins has a number. Detroit has a number. And you have to program that number. They give you a, a little CD disc about mm, about that big around. Okay. Are you on uh, Facebook? You just saw that. They get, you know, it it's about a, two inch, <laughs> about a two-inch disc, and it has a, it has a whole bunch of numbers on it. Well, you take the number off top of your injector, and it's a 12 number. Used to, we used to try to write it down. But if you're getting one number wrong, you got to pull the valve cover back off. Oh, so you want to so, make sure they're so right. So now we take the picture. We write on top of it, number one injector, and take your phone, take a picture of it. 
that way we can go back okay yeah we put one number in wrong. it's 12 numbers and letters it may be eight numbers and the rest of them letters it may be eight letters and the rest of them numbers you never know but then you put that disc in the computer it turns that disc on you go through there until you find them numbers click onto it and then it programs that injector wow it's it when you put six injectors in it takes you about an hour and a half to program just to go through and put all the numbers in and get everything right and you got to have the right equipment to be able to do it yeah it's about eighteen thousand dollars for a piece of equipment because i just bought one last fall okay so what you did is you found out finally got the whole story (laughs) and this guy you know had messed with him d Y-I, or as uh, Kenneth Sullivan says, destroy it yourself. He did. DIY. It, it cost him about $5,000, Dave. And I asked him, what was wrong with it before? He said, nothing. I just, I had YouTube that and seen them, and this guy was cleaning them, and I thought, well, mine needs to be cleaned. Got 100,000 miles on them. Yeah. I'm going to save some money. Yeah, he did, $5,000. But, you know, there you go. YouTube it. They're my best buddies. I love that. YouTube, but then it was not correct. Well, I mean, it was correct if you had that $300,000 machine to reset everything. <laughs> that injector machine is $300,000 to run them. Wow. And there's only one place in Arkansas that's got it, and that's Arkansas Fuel Injection. They do a little business over there. Yeah. When you got the piece of machine that everybody needs. I buy mine from them because I send them up there and get them checked, and they tell me, hey, all eight of these is bad, and, and he was stumped because he couldn't figure out how come. He took a, a chop saw and cut one of them half in two to try to figure it out, one yeah. of the cores. All right, we got uh, Sean Hannity coming up. We'll take a break. Duck's going to be back. 823-0965 is our local number. You got questions for him? He'll try to give you an answer when we return on the Dave Ellswick Show. But right now, let's go see what Sean has for us on his morning espresso a uh, moment with us here. 24 minutes till 9 o'clock, 823-0965. That's the number here, 823-0965. For the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. We're the uh, station that uh, keeps you up to date on everything that you need to know about politically. Oh, by the way, speaking politically, uh, tomorrow, J.R. Davis in the first hour, and then uh, uh, Iverson Jackson, uh, pastor here in uh, Little Rock, will be with me. We'll talk about race relations and and the 7 o'clock hour joining us uh, just for a few minutes. Uh, we'll talk with uh, Doyle Webb, the chairman of the Republican Party of Arkansas, and we're going to talk with him over the phone about uh, not going to North Carolina for the Republican National Convention. The president says, uh, ain't going there if the governor and the, the mayor don't want us and they basically are saying they don't want us so we'll take our 200 million dollar plus and take another city so Somebody we'll talk about maybe it. we'll find out tomorrow where we're going you know doyle knows all this stuff he's one of the grand poopas so you got to keep that in, in mind who we got there uh heidi you just jump on the mic and danny in little rock all right well let's talk to danny here in little rock danny how are you welcome to the dave ellswick show say hi to duck uh, i'm doing great and uh i was glad to talk to you this morning great what's your question for duck i've got a couple uh 
Ford, uh, a 94 and a 95 Ford F-150s, and uh, I'm having problems with the uh, airbag system on them. Yes, sir. Is the light coming uh, on on the dash? Yeah. When you, Does yours have a, you can stick a key in and turn the, the right airbag off? No. You don't, okay, so I, I thought it was. Uh, it probably needs a clock spring in it. Okay, in the steering wheel. The, the one's done it ever since I've had the truck, and, and the uh, the one that I bought originally uh, just started doing it. Yeah, it probably needs a clock spring. How many miles is on it? Uh, one of them's got 338,000, <laughs> and the other one's got 190,000. Way to go. Most likely, you're going to need clock springs in both of them. But we can put the monitor on it and look at it and see if it's communicating with it. Does, okay. it, does, does it have cruise control on it? Yeah. Does it work? Yeah. Okay. He probably needs a clock spring in it. Okay. He's probably got the ribbon in the clock spring broke. But, okay. And, you know, uh, you can take it to any of us service, you know, service centers, and we can all put it on the computer and look at it and tell you, yeah, it needs a clock spring in it. Takes okay. Usually, clock springs for them things are usually about $100, and it takes about an hour to put it in it. So, you know, you can get out under $300 for both of them, you know, okay. $300 a piece. So where do you live in? Uh, live around here in uh, Little Rock, north, south, east, west? Well, I actually uh, live in Saline County. I'm I'm off of Chico. Mm-hmm. Go see Duck. Yeah, you can. Well, eat. that's. I was uh, wondering, he's out there by the airport at, at uh, on Severe Street, or? Yes, sir. It's right uh, there by the old airport, by the old Benton the Airport. One, the 116 exit. Yes, sir. Get off and then turn right there by Holland Chapel. And I'm about yeah. a, I'm about a half a mile down on the right. You can't miss me because I got stuff sitting there worse. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I, I, I've got to get one. I'm out there and let you look at. Yeah, it. Yeah, just come by and we'll scan it and I'll, you know make sure. But most likely you're gonna need a clock spring in it. Well, I'm, I'm uh, getting a little worried about it. Uh, uh, sitting there blinking on me all <laughs> yes, the time. Sir. Yeah, yeah, la- last thing you want. Off. Yeah, you, I was just going to say, last thing you want is from one of those things to go off while yeah. you're driving down the road. I know. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> All right. Just come on by and see us. We'll get right, you took care of. Thank you, Danny. Right, thanks, now. All right. Bye-bye now. All right. So 823-0965. That's as easy as you can make it. Did you talk to Lance Yes. How's the baseball? They're not going to have it this year. The Travs are here to stay in Little Rock, all right? Because there's questions about whether that was going to be the case or not. Yes, Travs baseball is here. We'll know by the end of the week. It depends on what Major League Baseball and the Baseball Players Association do. Uh, as soon as they come to an, some kind of agreement or disagreement, uh, I'll have Rusty back on to talk about it. But, yeah, they're they're not going anywhere. May not have baseball this year. Don't know yet. Uh, but uh, if we do, we'll tell you when. If they don't, we'll uh, talk about next year. Yeah, the season's getting on up into it, so that you know. Yeah, they're getting into it. Yeah. Well, we can have the second half of the Trabs, though. Because, It'll you know, be nice. It'd be nice to see them get to play. And like maybe, to... just maybe, I know this is something that was a rarity in the last few years, but they're already saying Major League Players Association said that they'll go along with it. Double headers. To try to make up some of the games. Yeah, baby, I can I can go out to the ball field and we enjoy to to, two games. We need to go to Chicago. I'm, I'm, I'll go see Chicago. You play. want to go see the Cubs play, huh? Yeah. Getting a ticket can be a tough, 
I'm business no. now. I figured you know somebody up here and yeah. you get us in. I know people, but even the people <laughs> I know have to know somebody to get into the Wrigley Field sometimes. But yeah, that uh, I'd like to go there. I want to get down to uh, uh, Arlington when the Rangers new. I, I think their new field opens this year if they play ball. Yeah. You know, and, and that's got the retractable roof, if I'm not mistaken now. So, yeah, I'd like to go down and see that. But the Cubs aren't paying the, playing the Rangers even if they're playing this year. They're not on the, not on the know, schedule. cross, you know, thing. All right, got somebody for us here. Let's see, Hunter in Valonia. Hunter joins us. Hunter, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. Duck's here. He's ready to take your call. Hey, thank you very much. Hey, Duck, how you doing? Just fine. I man. got a question. <laughs> I got a question about a 2013 Silverado. I keep getting the tire pressure monitor system fixed on one tire, and then it'll go out in the next tire right away. How do I go about looking at that? So you get one tire fixed, and another one does it. Yes, sir. It's how many miles? Twice now. How many miles is on it? One hundred thirty thousand. You just well go and replace the last two, and, and be done with it. Because it won't go. The batteries is going bad on in one them. tire twice now. On, on the same tire twice. Yes, sir. Uh, you need to take it some way and let them put it on a monitor, and do it and get away from the tar monitor deal, and make sure you don't have a body control module going bad. Okay. Because okay, all that, that is sense. all that is controlled through the body control module, and if you've had two up, did they say the batteries was down on them, or what did they say when they replaced they, them? I didn't get told nothing. They just fixed it and went on with the day. Yeah. It. If you go back by there, ask them if the batteries was if the batteries went down on them, because you could have just got one a uh, older one with a bad battery in it. How long ago did you okay. have this done? Uh, a few months back on one, and then uh, a couple months before that one on the same one. Mm-hmm. I, I'd still go by. You say you're at Bologna. Yes, go, sir. Yeah. Go by Tom Barkley up there at Greenbrier if you're ever over that way, and just let him scan it and look at it. Because you, you, we can take our scanner and pull it up and look at it. And you can look at how many trouble codes it's had, and it'll tell you if the, it, it it should tell him unless they went in there and cleared it, which I doubt if they did, because all they use is just a little handheld and they walk up to the tower and, and program it. Uh, it'll tell him that how many times what happened to the last two, if they just battery went bad or if they just went bad. If they went bad, you just got a bad ones all. But uh, yes, sir. You know, I just go by somewhere and let somebody scan it. If you're down in Little Rock. You can call Joe over Joe's Garage, or you can call me at Duck's Garage and run by. We'll scan it for you. Don't take just about 10, 15 minutes, and we can tell you, hey, this is what's going on. You just got a bad monitor. You're fine now. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate you, Hunter. Appreciate your call. Thanks so much. Yeah. Love my folks out in Valonia. See, that's getting out of my territory. Mm -hmm. And and the thing about that, Dave, is he could have got one with just a bad battery in it. Yeah, well, you could got one and... (coughs) Here's the key. They were all put on your car at the same, same time. day. But I thought he had one went bad and another one went bad, but it was the same the same, same one, one. that's bad. true. And but it it could have been on the shelf for a long time. Yeah. The battery life, as you know, David, ain't nothing it's Duracell makes the battery for them. Yep. And I, they're they're seriously, only good I, for so many hours. I had one that went bad just a few weeks back and I took it into Joe and I had him change all of them. Yeah. Get it done. It's over with. Speaking of your car. Yes. I've got one out there. It's one year newer than yours. Uh-huh. And guess what's wrong with it? 
Mm, and one of the things that go around in a circle makes spark pl- makes the valves go up and down the, yeah. the cams. Did it break it? No, I got t- it's got uh, it keeps setting a PO three hundred random misfire. Yeah, camshaft's got slack in it. Chains ch- got slack in it. Just yeah, you can. I'm going to tell you what. Sooner or later, you're going to have to replace the timing chain. Just and start. it's not chain; it's chains. Plural. It's got three. Yeah, it's got two on each side. And two two little ones go across the top, running both. If cams. you're going to hold on to it, which I'm holding on to mine because I like it. I mean, I put a new engine in mine because the cam broke. Uh, this but it's got 133,000 miles on it. Is what he's got. That's yeah. about when mine started giving me a really bad problem. And it kept it keeps throwing up. It come in and had a a number five misfire. Pulled it, checked the plug. Plug was cracked. Put a plug and a coil on it. A, that doesn't surprise me about the cracked plug. I, well, it did me, you know when when <laughs> when Russell found when Tim found it, you know I told him I said, "Hey, that's that's normal." Put you know that's an Ellsworth problem. So he put a plug in it, and it come back in about two weeks later with a check engine light on. Had rammed misfire three hundred PO three hundred, which is it's all of them. You know, oh, wow, okay. Got to checking it, and that's when he figured out that it's got slack in the timing chains. And the guy said, "Hey." I need it fixed. I can't afford to trade it. Yeah, that's good. You're going to keep it for another four or five years? It's well worth your time. That's what once you fix it, that yeah. that engine will run like a top again. Oh, yeah, you know. And, you know, but uh, and it was just kind of strange. It come in and it had a cracked plug, and they were showing me that plug. I said, yeah, I know somebody else had that same problem. <laughs> His name is Dave. Yeah, did you call Did you call Joe to ask him, what was the plug that you were using in Ellswick's car? Yep. Because we had me. to use yep. a specific spark plug. Yep, and it, it, this still had original plugs that come from the factory. Wow. And, but, you know, there again, you know, the, these cars run so clean now, Dave, that plugs will get a whole lot more miles out of them, you know, than what people think. But at 100,000 miles, it's time to change your time plugs. To put plugs in. And, I, <laughs> and that's what we did. He went ahead and put all six of them in it. But, you know, so now, we, we, you know, they're going to. But the problem is, you know how much trouble it is to put timing chains in it. Yeah, you got to pull the engine. Once the motor sets out in the cradle, then you can put the timing chains in it and put it right back in. You can put them in in the car, but oh, my God. Yeah, they, they want to pull it and hang it. That way yeah. they can work on it. And while they're doing it, have them put a new water pump in. Oh, you know, get we'll, the whole kit. Yeah, we'll put it all in it, you know. And that's what I told the guy. The guy said, "Hey, just go ahead, fix it. You know, I I, I need it fixed, so just go ahead." So that's next in line. It's coming in today. Sometimes. All right, your car will be fine. It'll be great. It'll do it. It. it, it you won't lose any gas mileage. You, in fact, you probably pick up gas mileage. Okay, a break, and then we'll uh, we got a final break, and then we'll take more of your calls. Eight two three zero nine six five. Call now. We can get you set up. Heidi will take good care of you and uh, get you set up to uh, be part of the Dave Ellswick Show. Duck is here. Joe is not. Joe will be back next week uh, along with us, and we'll have both of these great mechanics uh, or technicians back with us here in the studio, in the studio, on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, let me remind you that when you go to bumper-to-bumper certified service centers, they're going to use bumper-to-bumper parts. Those parts have a 24,000-mile warranty on them for two years, and if something goes wrong with it, uh, they will replace that part, and they'll pay for the labor as well. And now, if you're in California when it does it, they have people in California they get, that take they care of They get people it. all over the United States to take care of all of their, uh, their work that needs to be done. You dial an 800 number, they take care of it. 
Yeah, and there's all kinds of other things Bumper to Bumper does as well. Just ask your Bumper to Bumper Certified Service Center what those are about, you know, toes and all of that kind of stuff. There's all kinds of things, all kinds of services that Bumper to Bumper can offer to you. So don't uh, don't forget that about Bumper to Bumper. Bumper to Bumper parts, Bumper to Bumper service, you know, our Certified Service Centers. I can say that for pretty fast now. You used used to stumble, stumble over, it. over it a little bit yeah, yeah. Well, i still I kept, do I, I kept forgetting certified bumper to bumper certified service centers and it's the only place i go i go to joe's garage i've had my car in at ducks uh as well russell's worked on my car before uh there's things uh, you know i i just i've had it over um over uh, at uh, gary henry's uh, stuff Dave, had some stuff done with my uh, transmission with him. We all work together, Dave. Yeah, uh, Ken Sullivan sent sent me one of his diesel guys that he services all his trucks and everything. He has a diesel pickup. Ken called Russell and said, "Hey, I don't know what's going on. I'm gonna send it to you. Can you take care of him? Took care of him, send him back. You know, and Ken does everything else. But yeah, you know, there's some stuff that that Joe knows that we don't know." And there's stuff that we know that Joe don't know. Same way with Gary Henry. Gary Henry called me. We talk back and forth all the time to one another, mm-hmm. making sure, you know, because I may have a problem, but Joe may have figured out how to cure it. So it saves us a whole bunch of time down the line. Yeah, it uh, it works out, and it, it's a great job, and it's because of uh, Bumper to Bumper. They are, you know, that's the company, and they've been in business now for one hundred years and you do not stay in business for a hundred years unless you're doing it right bumper to bumper certified service centers and bumper to bumper parts so keep that uh, in mind when you're looking to get your car fixed eight two three oh nine six five we've got uh four minutes remaining basically you call within four minutes we'll get you right on to the show and uh duck will uh, will take on your question uh, 8230965. I had somebody write in a question. Let me give you a uh, 2010 Kia Rio 5 SX. This is a four-cylinder, 1.6. Uh, what would cause a speed-related thumping sound like a flat tire, specifically when the car is in motion and the accelerator is not being used? There is a speed-related thumping sound that appears to come from the front end of the car. It sounds almost like a flat tire, uh, but the sound goes away when the accelerator is used, the brakes are applied, or the wheel is turned a short distance to the left or right. Tire pressure in all four tires is good. What's the problem? Wheel bearing. Oh, okay. Hub assembly, what it's called. There's way you check that is you go straight on the road, let it start making a noise, you ease it to the right if it shuts up and needs a left wheel bearing. Okay. You ease it to the left and it shuts up, you need a right wheel bearing. Most likely, if you need one, you just well put both of them on it because both of them are the same age. But <laughs> Get it done. Yes. And Save yourself some uh, some uh, labor. I've seen that before, Dave, and I've heard people come in, hey, my car's got this funny knocking noise in it when it's coasting going down the interstate. And then okay. you, then you, that's when you get in and go down the road and ease it back and forwards and and what it does when you turn it to the left, it loads the the wheel bearing on the right, so it stops the noise. When you turn it to the right, and then it loads the wheel bearing on the left, and it stops the noise. Okay. Most likely, it needs a wheel bearing. What there's a way up, jack it up and check it and stuff, and you can figure it out. All right, now if I were running a bar 
Right now, I'd say last call for alcohol. Yep. All right. So you got the last call for your call to get it answered by Duck today. Right now, 823-0965, Call in the next uh, 60 seconds, and uh, we'll try to answer. If it looks like it's going to be difficult, we'll put you on hold, and he'll take the phone uh, after he gets off of uh, the show and answer your question. So I got something to say, Dave. If there's yeah. anybody out there needing a mechanic's job that works on 18-wheelers from one-and-a-half ton up to 18-wheelers, come on down and see me. I need an employee. Actually, I could stand two. I had Russell on Saturday. He yeah. talked about that. Yeah. Yeah, I've lost one of my good employees, but I need to replace one. You know, I need to, you know, I need to add one more to it anyway. All right. Phones are ringing. Nobody's ready. We got somebody ready? Who we got? Rodney in Louisiana. Wow. Rodney from Louisiana. Are you a Cajun brother? Morning, guys. Good I'm morning. actually up here in the. Little Rock area, um, and turned the radio on, and I'm hearing this, and I thought, boy, my son just bought a, a 1999 pickup F-250 Super Duty, 5.4 liter with 140,000 miles on it. Can't figure out why this issue uh, of when you're given the gas to start out, it wants to keep cutting out, but when you get to second gear or beyond, it rides just fine. And we changed the fuel filter out, put fresh fuel in, put a pressure test on the fuel so the pump's working fine, and we're puzzled. We need some help. There's two things you need to check. Have you checked the fuel pressure on it? Yes. That's a 99 model, um, 5.4. That should be somewhere around 35 pounds. I best I can remember in my little brain. It ain't very long. That's uh, We took it to the mechanic, and he did that, and he he said that is fine. The other thing Um, you need to go back and check check your vacuum going to your, EC, to your PCV valve. Make sure that it's, it's, it's working. You'll pull it out with the motor running and put your finger over the bottom of it. If, yeah, to if, where that click sound yep, makes that... Yep. Okay, I pulled it out without it running mm-hmm. and, it, and it's free. Does it's it rattle? Up, I, so, but you got to do it when it's running. Yeah, fan. check it. And then the other thing is the EGR valve. They had a lot of problem with them things sticking and it causes yeah. that problem. And you probably you can pull it off and turn it up and look in the bottom of it, and it have a piece of carbon hung in it. Oh, really? Has okay. it been set for a while? Sixteen months. The fella neighbor guy had passed away, and the kid's been waiting what to do with the vehicle. So pull EGR valve off. EGR valve. It's got EGR should have two bolts in it. Pull it off, turn it up, and clean okay. it. All right, we're, we're out of time. You. I got to run. You. Thank you very much. If you're waiting, stay right there. Duck will answer you, your question. Duck, I'll let you move over there with Heidi. Thank you very much for coming in today. Thank you, Dave. Have All right. Day. Hopefully, Joe will be back with us next week. I'll be back with you tomorrow. You don't want to miss tomorrow's show. Be listening for my promo.